the best idea for podcast of all time. This is Champs in the Making. Where we have made a bracket of every Pokemon that has ever existed and are putting them up in battles head-to-head. One-on-ones to scientifically find out the best Pokemon. Every two weeks, we gather up an assortment of hosts from the Orange Groves. And cut a bloody path through the Pokedex. Come listen to me defend the rights of crustacean-based Pokemon. Olga is a perfect little baby, and I will not stand for anything else. Decidualize the best fucking Pokemon because he looks like Robin Hood. Shout some about why your favorite Pokemon is the best. Put them forward and insult Ambipom every two weeks, only on the Orange Groves. Uh, Puchina is the best, and my friends already knocked Mightyena out, which I'm sad about. So now we're truly just living on the edge. Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. And this is Meteorgnalysis, the show that we promise is going to come back soon with a better name. Uh, how you doing tonight, Marn? I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm ready to talk about Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always ready to talk about my best friend, the very favorite superhero of all time, Batman. Um, we're here to talk about The Dark Knight, because we just finished covering The Dark Knight ARG. I say just finished as if it hasn't been a month since we've yeah. sat down and recorded an episode. <laughs> we we haven't recorded Argonauts in a month, and I like forgot how to record a podcast. <laughs> I forgot Marn's name coming in here. I was like, hey, you ready, uh, Mindy? <laughs> Megan? What was it? Um... <laughs> What's no, an ARG? Um, what is an ARG? um on it's like baseball um on that note i do want to make a note for the audience um i know that in uh november and december we've had uh media analysis kind of replace an episode of argonauts um that has not been our intention with the show and that is not what we intend to do going forward it is just a matter of scheduling um in the future, we're hoping to get the extra episode as an extra episode like it's supposed to be. Uh, we've just had some shit hit the fan for the past couple months. So uh, we just wanted to make sure that you're aware that like there isn't an episode of Argonauts this week. There will be one in the next regular release uh, slot whenever that date is. I have not looked at next year and I don't intend to. Um, but yeah, we should be on a regular schedule moving forward in the new year. But we should get started. Before we get into it, Marn, I want to ask you, this is a weird question. Do you have a history with The Dark Knight? The movie? Yeah. Uh, I saw the midnight premiere of it when I was in middle school. Right. We talked about that. Uh, yeah. I okay. Think I, I talked about this um, I, in one of the episodes we did because I remember the ARG. It was like one of the very first ARGs that I followed and I was very excited about the movie because I was also starting to get very into DC Comics at the time for the first mm-hmm. time. So I was very excited about the movie. Um, and I convinced my parents to take me and a couple friends to the midnight premiere of The Dark Knight. Gotcha. Like a lot of people who were 12 when this movie came out, uh, this was my favorite movie of all time for an embarrassingly long time. 
I don't know if it was like my favorite movie. I was very into it though. I had a I had a sketchbook with a the Dark Knight poster on the front that I got from Hot Topic. Nice. <laughs> I did not have any merch, but I was very This is the future of movies. It's about Batman, but it's dark and cool instead of being lame like other superhero movies, which in hindsight didn't exist at the time. <laughs> Interesting. I, I guess it was a standout from, like, I guess the Spider-Man movies? I'm trying to think what superhero movies existed before Marvel Studio movies. Uh, Fantastic Four? I don't know. Yeah, like... It was kind um, of a dark time for superhero movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is before Iron Man, but after Fantastic Four, The Rise of the Silver Surfer or whatever. Oh, and I guess the X-Men movies right i somehow forgot about those yeah okay um so yeah it is and i will say uh this is a movie that i i loved a lot when i was 12 which sounds like a it sounds harsher to say out loud than i mean it to sound um and then i i feel like i kind of like discount this movie now because i liked it when i was 12 so this is the first time i've revisited it actually in quite some time same Okay. Well, cool. So, I guess before we dive into the plot, which I guess it feels weird to recap The Dark Knight, because I'm like, yeah, it's The Dark Knight. We've all seen it like 18 <laughs> times eight years ago, right? Um, but th- this is the number four movie of all time, according to IMDb. Uh, it is Christ. only worse than The Godfather, The Godfather 2, and The Shawshank Redemption. Are you kidding me? Wait, that's a nope. joke, right? I'm 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 not. There surely there are movies that are better than The Dark Knight. I'm looking at the IMDb chart. The top 250 movies is rated by IMDb users. Number 4 is The Dark Knight 2008. It has an oh. IMDb rating of 9.0. Hmm. All right. <laughs> I this says more about uh the dark this says more about imdb than it does about the dark knight rises yeah let's do a fun read through what's the first movie on this list that has a female lead Uh uh-oh um i guess you could say 23 the silence of the lambs yeah silence of the the main character of silence of the lambs is a woman (laughs) Yes, you, yeah, you're right. I said that more dismissively. <laughs> I'm putting on there because people are like, yes, this movie is good, not for Clarice, but because of Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> Under that, we got 27 is Spirited Away. And there's a big old gap again. So, yeah, um, I don't know. To me, I feel like The Dark Knight is a weird uh like a a weird remnant of how i used to feel about movies and so that makes it weird for me to look back to it i was watching a lot of this like trying to remember what it was like to see this for the first time when like i had no idea what was gonna happen and like every single line of dialogue the joker says in this movie hadn't been made into like a meme (laughs) yeah I I was amazed at how well um how well I could quote some of the scenes in this but like 
only the lines the Joker says. Yeah. And uh, Michael Caine's big, long, rambling speech about Burma. <laughs> yeah. Um, those are the only, the only two things I was like, oh, when I think of this iconic movie, what I really think of is the Joker. Um, and before we started this, I sent you a thing that was like, I'll be ready to record in 43 minutes because I found a 43 minute long video of just like Joker clips cut out on YouTube. <laughs> so, I mean, he's a good chunk of the movie. Yeah. 43 minutes. That's a third of the movie. It's two and a half hours. So, yeah. And the other two hours are uh, are Aaron Eckhart and Patrick Bateman uh, flopping back and forth, screaming, Rachel! So it's a good time. <laughs> okay, I have to say something about that. <laughs> because when Alyssa and I were watching it last night, we realized that Bruce Wayne and Harvey Dent have more chemistry in this movie than Harvey Dent and Rachel do. <laughs> Like, if you watch the scene where they're all at dinner together, it keeps cutting back and forth between Harvey Dent talking and Bruce Wayne just, like, looking at him silently with, like, big eyes. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. It's so funny. Oh, boy. We'll get into that. (laughs) Um... How do we want to get into talking about the Dark Knight? Well, do we want to just go through a recap of the plot? We can and just like talk about it. I guess that works for me. Um All right. Uh I'm going to go off of the Wikipedia film summary and uh-huh. we're going to reenact uh, oh, uh no. Wikipedia, but it's about Batman. Um, well, I'm I'm also looking at the Wikipedia summary. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, sentence one: A gang of criminals robs a Gotham City mob bank, murdering each other for a higher share until only the Joker remains. He escapes with the money. I have um, to say that scene was more exciting than I remembered. I do genuinely really like that scene. <laughs> yeah, that scene rips. It um, fucking rules. I yeah I I I it's it's i'm glad that i have uh this much space going back to this movie because i haven't seen these it used to be that i'd watch these scenes once every four weeks or something like that oh my Um, god now i'm like actively like watching it being like this scene actually really works yeah um i don't want to be like a cinema sins guy but i'm just like i don't feel like this plan would work i feel like at least one of these criminals would be like hey wait a minute if he (laughs) wants me to kill someone else as part of the plan Someone else probably kills me. I'm not doing this. I um it's really but, it's really cool oh, if you go into it knowing which one is the Joker because he never uh-huh. talks during the entire scene and he gets one of the other guys killed by lying to him about how many shots the bank manager has left in the shotgun. Yeah, it's there are a couple things about this movie that are really fun on the uh rewatch plus time like uh yeah remembering like knowing which of the jokers was the joker um knowing about uh, the fact that um two-faces uh coin is a trick coin um makes those scenes with it a lot more interesting on the rewatch mm-hmm. um i think that those scenes are really boring if you don't know that it's a like 
I, I, it sounds dumb to, and I know that they're trying to set up that like he seems like he's being flippant and weird, but it turns out he's got a trick coin, so he knows what he's doing at all times. I know that that's what the movie's trying to do. I think it works actually pretty well, knowing yeah. what's going on. Um, also, um, something I noticed this time, um, they keep showing scenes to this guy, um, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> that's Batman. That's Batman. Yeah, uh, I know that who is Batman is one of the big mysteries of the movie, but like, I feel like they telegraphed that pretty early on. Yeah. <laughs> so it's cool coming back on the rewatch, knowing some things, like insider tricks. <laughs> I did actually watch Batman Begins like fairly recently, I think this year at some point. How's it hold up? It's pretty good. I actually enjoyed it on rewatch. I've rewatched it definitely a lot more than I've rewatched The Dark Knight. Um, because, I don't know, I like it. <laughs> I, I like Killian Murphy as Scarecrow. Yeah, I like the Scarecrow stuff in that movie. I don't know that I want to go back and rewatch Bruce training to be a ninja. Yeah, that part doesn't hold up very well. The Scarecrow I bet that's stuff like is 20 good, minutes, but it feels like it's going to be so long to get through. Although, uh, when Alyssa and I watched it, Alyssa, Alyssa had never seen it before. She was like, they should have just, like, cast Killian Murphy to be Bruce Wayne instead of Scarecrow. And I was like, fuck, you're right. That would have been a better yeah. movie. Ooh, that would have been a cool energy for Batman. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what Robert Pattinson Batman is going to be, I think. <laughs> Weird, gangly Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that that scene's really good. I love the I like the the Joker bank scene. Yeah, and then you get the scene uh, in the parking garage where Batman shows up. Yeah, uh, Batman, District Attorney Harvey Dent, Lieutenant Jim Gordon form an alliance to help rid Gotham of organized crime. Bruce Wayne is impressed with Dent's idealism and offers to support his career. Believes that with Dent as Gotham's protector, he can give up being Batman and lead a normal life with Rachel Dawes, even though she and Dent are dating. <gasps> The drama. Uh, the drama. I. Watching this movie as a kid, I never like thought to myself, ah, yes, the love triangle between Batman and Harvey Dent and Rachel Dawes. And I think the movie is set up to be that way, but I do not feel like there's a love triangle in this movie. It's because Batman and Harvey Dent have more <laughs> chemistry than the other two combined. <laughs> it's weird because they they replaced Rachel in this movie uh, before she was Katie Holmes. Yep, am I and in this right? one, she's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's sister. Yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Jacqueline Gyllenhaal. Is it? Is no, that? it's you. Were, you were right. I'm okay. making a Jake Gyllenhaal joke. I I don't know. Um. Yeah. They. There's so little to care about between Bruce and Rachel. I feel like. I mean, I like Rachel. Maggie Gyllenhaal does a good job, but they just like don't have any romantic chemistry in this movie. Yeah, like she seems fine, but it's. I don't know. There's just not a lot to her character and she just seems fine like i i don't know i'm not invested in in batman and rachel at all um it doesn't help that i'm pretty sure she fe i think she's a character made up for these movies yeah like 
these it's very weird to have these scenes that are just like great you've got the comic characters of batman and alfred and harvey dent and the joker and two-face and uh also a character i made up who's dating batman and harvey dent yeah they they did make her up like explicitly for these movies because we were like oh bruce wayne needs a childhood friend who is in love with him i guess yep yeah that's what every movie needs to be um, fair, I mean the comics do that a lot, but mm-hmm. like uh, my favorite comic, the widening guyer makes up a new supermodel girlfriend for Bruce, and they get engaged like super quick. Yeah, I mean the comics like last month made up a childhood friend of Bruce Wayne who like turns up every like two years and tries to murder him, which is pretty good actually. I like that guy a lot. <laughs> is this not? Is it just hush? No, so it's not Hush. It's or is this like, a different childhood a friend different that turns up every two friend. months to try and murder? It's like a guy that he trained with when they were both teenagers trying to become vigilantes. But uh, the guy like disagrees with how he wants to become a vigilante. So he just like shows up randomly and tries to duel him. <laughs> it rules! <laughs> it's so good! <laughs> oh, that's such a dumb character concept. I love uh, it. it so much they're like partners now he like showed up in gotham and was like batman i hate you fight me with swords and batman was like if, if you don't like the way that i'm protecting gotham you could just like also protect gotham and he was like oh you're right <laughs> gotham's like i don't have to adopt you if you want to take care of gotham people can just do that i know it's a common misconception but i don't have to adopt people in order for them to become protectors of gotham (laughs) the bat family has room for a weird uncle yeah they also introduced a character who's like a teen vigilante named clown hunter whose like entire thing is that he just kills the joker's henchmen and i like that hell yeah hell yeah He's great. Clown killer? Clown hunter. Clown hunter. Even better. And Batman is like trying to convince him not to kill the Joker's henchman. And he's like, no, this this seems like something that you should have done a while ago. Give me literally one good reason why I shouldn't kill a Joker henchman. Isn't that just uh, Red Hood's backstory? Yeah. Batman's like, oh no, finally a teenager I can't adopt. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. I do like that Batman's just like, look, I've been over this with my own kid. We can't just kill the Joker. (laughs) Oh boy. Ah, the Batman comics are pretty good nowadays. (laughs) Uh, I will say, there's... One of my favorite uh, moments in this happens really early on where it's the movie setting the scene and being like, hey, criminals are scared of Batman. I I, I like that this movie sets up pretty early on that like criminals are terrified of Batman. So they like are like Batman is actually working. Um, Criminals are actually scared. Crime is down. Like mob bosses are losing power because of Batman. It's a neat thing to set up really early. Yeah, um, and they, some of the stuff from the ARG actually comes up in, like, the first bit of the movie. Yeah, um, but the way that they set up that 
Batman is terrifying to criminals is that they show a guy who's about to mug another another guy. And then he goes, actually, I don't think I want to mug anyone tonight and starts to walk away. Yeah. And the guy that he was going to mug is like, hey, come on. You've got like a 99% chance of not getting picked up by Batman if you mug me. It's a weird scene where this guy's like, oh, come on, mug me already. What are you, a coward? I thought it was a drug deal. I didn't think it was a mugging. You thought it was a drug deal. What? Oh, he, it like, could have been a drug deal. It's just like a guy walking up to a car, right? I I always took that scene as him holding up the car and then being like, actually, never mind. I'm not going to do more <laughs> crime tonight. I thought it was just like a guy trying to buy some weed. That makes infinitely more sense. <laughs> I always thought it was super weird that this guy's like, hey, are you going to mug me or not? Hello? <laughs> Imagine if you were trying to score some weed, but Batman, like, (laughs) dropped you from a roof. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of the beginning of my issues with Batman. Is it's like, I don't know, I feel like it's it's kind of a hack thing to say to be like, yeah, well, you know, Batman, all he does is run around beating up mental patients, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, like... Kind of all he does is run around beating up mental patients. Like, if you wanted to help Gotham, there's a lot better ways you could do that. Yeah. With the resources that that Batman has. Well, it's it's kind of telling early on. I think that there are a couple of scenes that try to tell me why Batman is cool that I feel like end up doing the opposite for me on the rewatch nowadays in 2020. Um like the scene where with the with the scarecrow that you were talking about earlier, where um, scarecrow's doing some kind of drug deal with a bunch of guys, and uh, then like four dudes dressed as Batman come in to try and take it down. Yeah, and like scarecrow takes them down, but then real Batman shows up and like kicks the shit out of him, and then in the end, like. Batman ties up the bad, the fake Batman too, or whatever, and they're like, "Hey, come on! Like, what's the difference between us and you?" And he says, "I'm not wearing hockey pants," which it's is a so funny good. punchline, but it is also like, you do have to notice that the only difference between him and them is that he has a lot of money, yeah, and also ninja training, but like. It is literally like, I just have the gear for this. But on its surface, there is no difference between me and another random citizen running out and doing this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> it's a really good line, though. It's a very good, it's a very good line. And all the criminals point and laugh. They're like, ah, that kid is watching, is wearing uh, hockey pants. And he goes, oh. <laughs> and then we cut to another scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, a guy pulls a gun on Harvey Dent in court. That's like the next scene. <laughs> <laughs> this movie and then has Harvey so Dent... much insane shit. <laughs> yeah, Harvey Dent disarms him. 
punches him in the face and goes, this is Chinese made. If you want to kill a public servant, buy American. And the cla- courtroom claps. Um, the the courtroom in that the court scene is very funny because the audience in the courtroom is very into the, all, everything. Um, I have the guy uh... on trial makes a joke and everyone laughs. And I thought like, oh, it's a bunch of his goons in the audience being like, yeah, he's got nothing. But then he punches him in the face and the audience <laughs> claps. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Is this a Tumblr post? I have on my computer a uh, a time lapse of the uh, the cliff of Harvey Dent seeing the guy pull a gun on him. <laughs> It's really good. (laughs) (laughs) I like Aaron Eckhart. I wish he did more things. Me too. Uh, He's got some funny facial expressions in this movie, and I'm not talking about after his face has been removed. (laughs) He's, like, surprisingly good in this movie. I remembered him as being kind of, like, bland and whatever, but, like... I don't know. He plays a good district attorney. <laughs> yeah, I think he, I think he's one of the better parts of this movie. I think that he's very committed to his role as like, hey, I'm I'm the big old boy scout or whatever of the city, and I th- but like kind of smarmy about it. And yeah. I think that he plays it really well. Um, and then he gets his face blown off, and then he yells Rachel oh, really loud, and uh, it's a really good scene. Oh my god, the CGI on Two Face is like worse than I remembered. <laughs> Yeah, I like ninety percent re- sure that he should be dead with a face oh, that looks really like that. It's really not good. This, this CGI <laughs> is so bad. It's yeah. I this the effects in this movie are a lot worse than I remember them being. Yeah, and like for two thousand eight, they're not good. Yeah, like the the face special effect is. I I think the face special effect is fine, but a little bit more grotesque than it needs to be, which like. To the point that it raises more questions than it seems real. Because you're just like, why the fuck is that eyeball still there? Yeah. Um, that's not how eyes work. But, like, the scene where the Joker blows up the hospital, it looks really bad. Uh, yeah. That was something that stood out to me. I was like, because, um, like, it, half of the stuff goes off. And then, like, the Joker stops and looks back and, like, has to hit the button a couple more times before it keeps exploding. And... That's something that I've seen in a lot of trivia things is like something that was kind of improvised for the the scene. Like only half of the explosive stuff went off. And so Heath Ledger like stopped, turned around, hit the button, like fiddled around a little bit until it went off again. Um, And then like kind of jumped back in surprise and ran away. Uh, That's all kind of genuine. Um. But, like, watching that scene, even knowing that, I was kind of like, oh, it's just like a bunch of fireworks inside of a building. None of this looks like a building exploding. Yeah. It's not great. Yeah. I feel and like then they flip a truck, which was a cool thing, but, like, oh something God, that every movie afterwards did, too. And it's something that is surprisingly easy, quote-unquote, <laughs> For special effects, flipping a truck is not a hard thing to do if you're dedicated. So many cars get, like, demolished in this movie. Uh-huh. Harvey Dent, in theory, gets blown up so many times that he, like, should be able to roll away from. But you don't see it happen <laughs> on camera. <laughs> I do like when, uh, we're going wildly off course with the plot. 
uh, when he shoots the driver, yeah, of Marconi or whatever, he puts on a seatbelt and then shoots the driver, and the car like rolls over into a ditch, and you're just like, that seatbelt isn't holding anything in. See, I thought he was taking off his seatbelt so he could like dive out of the car, but I don't think never, so. I think I think it's him putting on this the seatbelt so that he can survive like he's just like ah the magical seatbelt um see that's what Alyssa said i was like no no he's taking off his seatbelt so that he could leave the car but then they like never show him leaving the car yeah i feel like we would have seen him leave the car if that was we there okay christopher nolan if he doesn't want to answer the logistics of why it happened he just doesn't show it that's That's something that like i've noticed a lot in this movie and in other stuff that he's done like uh the party scene with the Joker. Um, Batman jumps out a window to save Rachel, right? Uh-huh. And then the scene ends and it cuts to the next day. But it's like, isn't the Joker still in the building? You also don't see how Harvey Dent escapes the exploding hospital, right? Right. The Joker just like, like the Joker just hands him a gun and is like, well, bye. <laughs> exactly. If hospital. you... If, exactly (laughs) i think christopher nolan does a very it's it's like a very good job of like he shows you what's important and doesn't show you what isn't important but like i do think there are a couple times where it's like if you stop and think about it you go hey wait a minute that would have been an important thing for you to show me yeah um we've gotten away from the plot (laughs) yeah again i don't want to sound like a cinemasins guy about this but like I don't know. I'm not hearing ding. How did he get escaped from the hospital? <laughs> ding. He wouldn't have survived with his face burned off like that. Like, I, I don't want to be that guy. But, like, there are a couple things that's kind of like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, when you're in the moment, you don't really think about it that much. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, this movie is just everything happens so much. And that's... <laughs> I think that's the point. Like, you just... You roll with the punches and you're good to go yeah um. i mean Al- Alyssa did point out something <laughs> about the joker last night that i thought was interesting but i'm gonna wait until we talk about more of the plot to say it <laughs> all right all right um so then we get to the mob boss zoom call uh where Sal Maroney, Gamble, and the Chechen hold a video conference with their corrupt accountant, Lau, who has taken their funds for safekeeping and fled to Hong Kong. The Joker interrupts, warns them that Batman is unhindered by the law, and offers to kill him in exchange for half of their money. The Joker kills Gamble and takes over his gang, and the mob ultimately decides to accept his offer. It's a very succinct yeah it's 20 minutes of the movie it's a very succinct wikipedia summary yeah that's when the joker kills a guy with a pencil yeah you want to see a magic trick which is also exactly as funny as it was the first time i saw it <laughs> <laughs> it's still good yeah. yeah i i i will say the i feel like the you know the joker gets a bad rap um it's a dumb thing to say out loud but uh i I feel like for as as a i'm i'm annoyed by people who really like the joker 
because of this performance. But that being said, this is an incredible performance of the Joker. Yeah. Like... Heath Ledger is incredible in this movie. I know that I'm not breaking any new grounds or giving a real <laughs> hot take by saying that, but, like, the dude is good in this. He's very good. Um, Most of the I, acting in this movie is very good. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there are any performances that I'm, like, that I think are really bad. I think that Maggie Gyllenhaal plays Rachel a little bit dumber than she can i feel like she seems too smart for the delivery of some of the lines that rachel has if that that makes any sense no that makes perfect sense to me um i i feel like there are a couple things that i don't like from the actors but it doesn't feel like the actors making a choice i don't like it really feels like a directorial choice that i'm not on board with yeah um like that and the whole christian bale batman voice i think is it is terrible. I don't understand three-fourths of the words he says in this movie. Yeah, no, it's not good. And the lines are not delivered as a human being would say them. And not in a, like, Batman surpassed being a human being way. In, like, a... <laughs> I don't think you understand that line as it's written in the script. You're really just saying it in as garbled of a fashion as you can. It's, like, weird because... uh, Christian Bale is really good as Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Yeah, he's in, he's great at Bruce Wayne. He's a really good like playboy, like that dumbass lifestyle. He's very good at that. If you want a rich himbo, give Christian Bale a call. <laughs> it's just the Batman voice, which like I don't know. When Batman Begins, it's not as weird. I don't think. I it's been a while since I've seen any other movies, so I I can't talk to them. But it's just. I know there's one there's one delivery in this where he was like uh the Joker says to Rachel, You got a little fight in ya. I like that. And then Batman gives a response of then you're gonna love me. Which is a good <laughs> comeback to that phrase. Except it's delivered as Then you're gonna love me. Yeah. And then he punches him. And it completely deflates any sense of it being, like, a playful line or a fun clip or anything. It's just like, what did he say? I don't know. We're fighting now. Yeah, it's like, I don't remember it bothering me as much in Batman Begins, so it must have gotten worse in this movie somehow. Like, he forgot in between movies how to do the Batman voice (laughs) and just, like, started doing whatever. Yeah, I, I I really don't know what it is. I I feel like this is a Christian or a uh, this is a it's one of two things. Either um either Christian Bale was like I will listen to my director and do this weird voice that he wants me to do and get my lines out in the way that I can, or it's a thing that Christian Bale decided to do that Nolan didn't stop him from doing and say, hey, we can't understand a word you're saying. I need you to talk more normal. Like, dial it back a little bit. Yeah. It kind of feels like, uh, you know, in like a sitcom where a character will be like, season one, they'll be like a kind of rounded character that has like a little flaw to themselves. But then like by season six, they're just like a walking version of that flaw. Yes. It feels like they were just like, great, we need to lean into this Batman voice. Like, that's how Batman talks. Do it as hard as you can, because that's how Batman is. 
It's, yeah, it's it's pretty much exactly like that. <laughs> I feel like it might be because people, like, criticized that he was doing, like, a deep Batman voice in the first movie. And they were like, well, we have to change it because people didn't like the deep Batman voice. And it's they like, well, then you're going to love me. <laughs> yeah. And then they, like, overcorrected it somehow and it got worse. <laughs> God. Oh, boy. And then it's like worse in the in the Dark Knight Rises, to my recollection. But like everyone in the Dark Knight Rises is doing a funny voice, so it doesn't even matter that much. Yeah, I don't remember what Batman sounds like in the Dark Knight Rises because I'm only busy remembering what Bane sounds like. I know, me too. <laughs> I've only seen the Dark Knight Rises once, but I do remember what Bane sounds like. <laughs> 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 well, Batman, would you like to know how I got these scars? My father was a drinker. <laughs> oh, I love oh. Bane so much, and that movie did him so dirty. Oh, it sucks. It's just Tom Hardy just doing a fucking unrecognizable accent. <laughs> Which sucks because Tom Hardy's really good in so many things. And they made Bane a white guy for no reason. <laughs> oh, the Dark Knight Rises sucks. We can't talk about the Dark Knight Rises. I'll be here all night being mad about it. Hey, what if we took one of Andrew's favorite superheroes who's very tied up in, like, he wears a fucking luchador mask yeah! and has, like, just... God. I... And oh, it looks like Tom Hardy, right? Guy. Yeah, a random white dude terrorist doing like an uh, doing an accent that doesn't belong to any human country. Let's <laughs> make him a British accent in some kind of weird mask that doesn't look anything like the Bane mask and exists for no real reason. Ugh. The only good thing to come out of uh, the Dark Knight Rises is the meme of uh, Bane. It's where Bane's facing down Batman, but people have replaced Batman with. Uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe in the green screen suit. You know what I'm talking about? No. I'm gonna Google Bane meme Elijah Wood and see if anything pops up. Here it is. <laughs> okay, I have seen. I have seen this. It's the only good thing to come out of these movies. I have seen this. I just, for whatever reason, didn't parse that it was Bane. <laughs> God. Um. All right. We should. Let's talk about the Dark Knight before I keep getting mad about the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> uh. So. <laughs> Uh, this 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 summary really uh, skips over. Uh, Batman finds Lau in Hong Kong and brings him back to Gotham to testify, allowing Dent to apprehend the entire mob. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Batman flies to Hong Kong, uses a reverse parachute to kidnap a man and bring him back to the U.S. for a criminal trial. <laughs> And then he's like, well, I'll make a deal with police so you can arrest the entire mob. And then, and then it cuts put... to the entire mob yeah. in a single courtroom going, not guilty. In one courtroom. 
And then the mayor, like, calls Harvey Dent into his office and is like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, rightfully so. Yeah, it's so funny that they do that. And then, yeah, Harvey Dent has a talk with the mayor, who I forgot is the guy from uh, Lost with the 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 eyes that look like he's always wearing eyeliner. Yeah, he, he plays Richard in Lost. He's Yeah, like, uh, I forgot his name. I only know him as Guy Liner. Oh. <laughs> which is I mean... <laughs> a name that Sawyer gives him early on. Yeah. He's like one of my um, favorite characters in Lost. <laughs> he was cool. I need I need to rewatch Lost. It's really good. Um but yeah, it's so funny when he calls him in and he's like, Did you just have a courtroom with the entire fucking mob in it? You can't just do that. <laughs> and he's just like, eh, the judge was cool with it. <laughs> the judge can hang, she's dope. <laughs> should understand how a trial works <laughs> he just doesn't <laughs> yeah, so he's two for two on trials one in which a dude pulls a gun on him which you would think they had screened for that i mean maybe trials in 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 gotham were just like whatever goes <laughs> it is gotham so maybe you're right <laughs> Maybe that's just what happens at court in Gotham. <laughs> and then we get uh, a genuine jump scare that gets me every time I watch this yeah! movie, even though I know it's coming. Um, where the mayor turns to a window and, like, mid-conversation, just a body slams into the courtroom, into the window. Yep, every every single time I watch this movie. It gets me every time. And they are freaked out. It's a dude that is in fucking Batman costume. And he's got a videotape on him, I think, that is like the Joker threatening to kill people unless Batman gives up who he is. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's the, uh, the, the Batman, the Scissors for Batman guy from the ARG. Yeah, uh, everyone's favorite guy, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Pour one out for Brian. Uh, those i that scene is harrowing like that video yeah which i'm pretty sure um this is me trying to remember trivia that i learned in high school so like i might be off the mark i'm pretty sure heath ledger directed and like filmed and was in charge of filming that video interesting if i remember right um I want to Google to make sure that that is correct. You know what's weird to me? Just like something that is weird to me about this movie. And I I, I suspect they may have done this for like rights reasons that were tied up with like the studio in DC Comics. So like the other two cops that are in Gordon's unit that get a lot of screen time are supposed to be um fucking um is one of them supposed to be renee montoya yeah one of them is definitely supposed to be montoya right okay i thought so because i i i i remembered it being there was a woman in um his unit with a hispanic name and i was like clearly that's got to be renee montoya and then they were like hernandez i think and i was like oh that really feels like it should be this other person from DC Comics. They're like 
Okay, so they're definitely supposed to be Montoya and Bullock, who are like right, the yes. two cops who always show up with Gordon. Like right. they're always in his unit in the comics, but they're Ramirez and Wirtz. And I was like, that has to be something that they like they had to change the names for some reason. I wonder. That yeah, cuz like they're obviously those characters. But their I, names are totally different. Yeah, I I feel like you would... If this was made today, it would definitely be Bullock and Montoya. And there would be an extra scene that shows them at their desks with their name tags so that they could show up in an article that was like 12 things you didn't notice about the Dark Knight. Yeah. But like, it's I mean, it's weird that they're two different characters that are very similar in that. Yeah, I mean Montoya's in uh, Birds of Prey. Yeah, she yeah nowadays. Yeah, I don't think they were like even considering doing anything with that back then. Yeah, it was just like super weird to me that uh, they were like the exact characters, but they just like changed their names for some reason. So I figured, yeah, that was maybe something that happened with between the studio and DC Comics, or they just like change them because they were like nobody's gonna care about these characters i don't know i guess it's a weird one (laughs) it's a very weird one i yeah it's it's very weird that they did it that way sorry i'm currently looking through 15 behind the scenes secrets you didn't know about heath ledger um Speak of click lists. Uh, Number four is randomly Heath Ledger's death was ruled an accident, which is weird whiplash in the middle of this article. That is weird. Maybe they like, maybe they didn't want to make it those characters because they end up being dirty cops and like they sell out people to the Joker. I don't know. I was kind of thinking that, but I know, isn't Bullock a dirty cop in the comics? Uh, or am I, I getting know. him mixed up with I think I think he's maybe I'm getting him mixed up with his I think he's in Gotham the like prequel show about when Bruce Wayne's a little kid um, that makes sense where he's a sh- either a I don't remember if he's a full on dirty cop or just like a deeply shitty cop yeah I mean Bullock is always like a, a deeply shitty cop I don't yeah. know if he's ever been a dirty cop though okay yeah, I don't know. Oh, no, wait. Uh, Wikipedia is telling me that he is the most controversial police officer in the Gotham City Police Department. <laughs> and he takes bribes and has ties to organized crime. <laughs> cool. <laughs> what a good dude. But then they, like, retconned him and they were like, just kidding. He's not involved with the mob and he is very loyal to Jim Gordon. <laughs> See, I could see them not doing Renee Montoya because she ends up being cool yeah. um, and like becomes the question. But I could see them t- just saying, yeah, this is this is fucking Bullock. Like, and people that read the comics are like, oh, this dude sucks. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe they changed him because they don't they don't want the reaction of, oh, I bet this guy sucks. They want people to be like, these are Gordon's people. They got to be good. Right. Yeah, maybe. Because the movie, I think the movie wants there to be a drama between can we trust Gordon's men? Because like early on, uh, he says that they uh, early on Gordon's like these are this is my team. Of course they can be trusted, and um, 
Harvey's like, I've looked into your people. Like, they're shady shit. You might not be willing to see it, but, like, it's there. And I think maybe the movie wants that to be, like, a driving thing, but it's, like, one of 18 different subplots that are buried in one conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, I found out, yeah, uh, Ledger did direct the Joker's hostage videos. Oh, nice. Um. So, yeah, they, which are why they are creepy. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Whoa. The hot, sorry. In the Dark Knight, Joker kidnaps some fake wannabe vigilantes dressed as Batman and films two separate warning videos to Batman. Heath Ledger was in charge of directing both of these films because he wanted to make sure the videos were from the Joker's perspective. Christopher Nolan watched and supervised the filming process, but he was so happy with the result of the first video, he let him direct the second video as well. The hostage videos were an opportunity for Ledger to explore a new passion. Ledger was beginning to branch out as an artist and was becoming increasingly interested in directed cinematography and filmmaking. He directed multiple music videos before his death and was working on adapting the 1983 novel The Queen's Gambit into a feature-length film. Whoa! Wild! Wild! Speak of the Devil. Chess 2, now available on Etchy. Oh. <laughs> I'm just reading about different adaptations of Batman that Bullock has appeared in. <laughs> Apparently there's a uh, there's an episode of the animated series which I watched most of um a couple years ago. I need to go back and rewatch it cuz I really like it. Um where uh someone is trying to kill him and Bullock goes to Batman and is like, I think the mob is trying to kill me. And then it turns out that his landlord is trying to kill him because he just thinks that he sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. Oh, man. Cops versus landlords. Who do you root for, Marn? Batman the Animated Series is just really good. (laughs) (laughs) that actually ties into the observation that Alyssa made about this movie (laughs) i'm very curious i guess i could talk about it now we haven't like reached a good point but uh this movie is like eight episodes of batman the animated series packed into two and a half hours because the the joker keeps just like jumping to a new plan without like any reason <laughs> i yeah i think um part of the thing that annoys me halfway through is that halfway through the movie the joker gives that big speech to uh to uh harvey where he's like uh some people are planners i'm not a planner i'm just a dog chasing cars um, yeah he's literally like i just do things <laughs> yeah i just do shit which is on on one hand, no, because like everything the Joker does in this movie has like subplans and subplans, and like d- takes a, a detailed amount of planning in order to execute the stuff that's happening. But also, it is just a way of them to be like, "Look, I'm just jumping from thing to thing to thing. They don't have to make sense chronologically. I'm just gonna keep rolling with it." Yeah, and it's like they're. <sighs> 
they're trying to do all of the work that like the animated series and the the comic does to like be like oh here's a bunch of stuff that the joker has done and like this is why he's batman's number one nemesis but like they're doing it all so that it happens all in like the span of 48 hours in movie yes. time whereas yes. like in the animated series like the joker shows up like every eight episodes or whatever and it's like oh i've put joker venom in the water supply batman and now all the fish are jokers <laughs> it's like okay that's fine but when you put that in into the context of a two and a half hour movie you've just got like when you try to map it out in your head it's like okay the joker is here and he's offering to kill batman for the mob and now he's here and he's shooting the mayor and now he's here and he's setting harvey dent on fire and now he's putting people on ferries that are gonna blow up and it's like (laughs) he's doing so many things in 48 hours he blows up a hospital and then he's like well that's finished i'm gonna go put people on boats and blow them up (laughs) (laughs) well marn uh, some people are planners, uh, but not the Joker. When things don't go according to plan. That's when things get interesting, don't you know? I know that. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 know I do that I'm agree. Doing I do a... think there's a lot happening in this movie, and there was more of like, I, uh, you, I, I think that you're nailing it on the head, saying that like trying to get like in the same movie all the reasons it's like this is why the joker is batman's ultimate enemy but like the two don't meet until the very end of the movie i guess they meet at the party but like not in any way that is like the batman no they meet a couple times i'm talking out of my ass on that part um (laughs) but like but I, i do think that you're right that it's a lot of them trying to fit in like here are three distinct reasons why the Joker and Batman are constantly at odds in a way that I don't think is true. Like the movie tells you is the truth, but I don't think actually holds up. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like they're, Um, they're trying to fit like an entire relationship building arc into this movie where they're like trying to make you believe that the Joker is the bane of Batman's existence. And it's like, maybe that's true right now, but it's because the Joker is just like fucking going insane for 48 hours, like blowing shit up. <laughs> yeah. Like it's true. It The movie starts with Batman, not giving a shit about the Joker. It's literally like in, in one of the opening scenes, Alfred is like, or, or I think Gordon is like, we got two things. One is that there's the mob. The other is that there's this clown guy. And Batman's like, who gives a fuck about a clown guy? I'll go take on the mob. Yeah. Like, I, there's no... I, I don't know. I think that part of it, and part of the things that was tough for me watching this movie nowadays, is that, like, the Joker's motivation never makes any sense in this movie. And I don't mean that as a... I don't know. There, there's an argument that like that's the point. Um, you know, he's a dog chasing a car, so he'll follow whatever's interesting. But like, you have to tell me what it is underlying everything that makes things interesting. Like that's if you're going to do a character like that, you have to tell me what's under it all that makes things dig in and get deeper. Because at first, it's like I want to kill the Batman. Then it's I want to expose who he is, and then it's I want to. Um, you know, prove that Gotham's as twisted as I am. And then it's, I want to 
burn down money because who needs it? And it's just like, and, and, and then in the end, he's like, don't you see, Brucey? We're just the same um, <laughs> as he's hanging like from a thing. Um, and it's like, I, none of this has ever been set up in this movie. And there's no through line to it all. Um, and you can write this character like that as a person that has no through line, but you can't write without a through line and tell me that you're tying it up in the end too, you know? Yeah. And like, I, I truly think that the Joker works better as a character in like a serialized medium where you can just like have him show up once in a while and like blow up a hospital or something. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, this is a problem for Batman to deal with. Uh, but this is just like too much of the Joker. I, too I much Joker. Too much Joker. I I I think I agree with you. I agree with you. I think we're the first people that have ever suggested that the Dark Knight should have less of the Joker in it. Uh, but here <laughs> we are. Come at us, nerds. <laughs> Because, like, he, he's also like, I want to expose Batman. And then when somebody, like, actually goes to do that, he's like, just kidding. I changed my mind. Everyone kill the guy who wants to expose Batman. <laughs> Which would be, like, a great plot for an animated series episode. But that's, like, 30 minutes of this movie. <laughs> right. It's... Yeah, you could have trimmed a lot of this movie. That has, like, nothing to do with the rest of the movie. <laughs> yep. Except for when he goes to the hospital, like to, it, it. Literally, the only reason is uh, it, that it's in this movie is because he needs a reason to like be at the hospital and talk to Harvey Dent. Yeah, and I think uh, like you don't need a reason for him to be at the hospital and talk to Harvey Dent. Like that's one of the things with the Joker is that you can get away with stuff because he's the Joker. Yeah, like he, he could just be there. <laughs> like yeah, it's one of those things, that, and and I think that like in the animated series and in comic books it works better because like you get the turnaround reveal that like turns out this nurse is actually the joker haha ha, funny goof now he's here to torment harvey dent but like in a live action thing it doesn't really work as well because you're just like well how did he get into the hospital not in makeup like yeah. how did any of this happen to get him there but <laughs> again that's the, that's the christopher it, nolan cause... thing <laughs> Yeah, because but yeah, at the same time, Christopher Nolan doesn't explain anything else. So why does he need to explain this part? Just say so he's got dirty cops on the payroll, and then he they step out for a minute, and Joker walks in. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> uh, I, All of I, this I... is still with the caveat that I liked this movie more than I remembered. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it more than I remembered. You had convinced me that I was not going to like this movie. I'd convinced I, myself that I was not going to like this movie at all. And, and I, I liked, liked it more it. than I expected. Um, I I have just learned from Wikipedia that in Gotham, uh, Renee Montoya fucks Jim Gordon's wife. Huh. <laughs> well, how about that? <laughs> I need to watch Gotham. Every single thing I've ever read about it sounds completely insane. This... <laughs> we should do a Gotham recap podcast. <sighs> Can we please? <laughs> We're going to make a fortune when we launch Joker Babies. Oh my god.
All right. Uh, we're like two paragraphs into this plot summary. <laughs> I know. We uh, keep getting distracted. Anyways, uh, the Joker threatens to keep killing people unless Batman reveals his identity. Starts by murdering a police commissioner and a judge presiding over the mob trial. Also tries to kill the mayor, but Gordon sacrifices himself to stop the assassination. Dent learns that Rachel's the next target. Okay, this three-line paragraph is like a good 40 minutes of the movie. Um, Do we need to talk about how dumb the bullet scene is? Where I feel he like... digs out a bullet from the walls to match what kind of gun was used, and it doesn't matter. I feel like a lot of it has been covered by smarter people than us, but it's really bad. <laughs> oh, it's so weird that in this movie, the, the Batcave is just like an LED lit bunker. Yes, that is very I, weird. Well, it's isn't it because um, I feel like the Batcave gets destroyed in Batman Begins? I might be wrong about that. I know Wayne Manor burns down. That's I, I get, right. I get that that might be why it is, but it's such a weird, just like formless room. Like Gotham goes to his void to... Where does batman live in this is he in an apartment i i don't know i don't think you ever see him at home in this i don't know i don't think you ever see bruce wayne at home in this whole movie you see him at home when he's sad because rachel's dead that's Um, right and then Alfred's like, I'm gonna bring him some tea and a letter that says that Rachel was gonna marry someone else. And then he's like, I'm sad about Rachel. And then Alfred's like, maybe I won't give you that letter. I'm gonna burn it. Yeah. So they try to kill the mayor and then Gordon fakes his own death for reasons. I don't get the middle of this movie. Yeah, I um am unclear why Gordon fakes his own death in this movie. This it has so it has kind of the the makings of um a scene from a show where like characters have planned and worked this out together to make this happen where like 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 if Batman and Harvey Dent and Gordon work together, Gordon's going to fake his own death. And then the city's going to call for Batman to come out and Harvey's going to pretend to be Batman. And then as the Joker's trying to take Harvey, Batman and Gordon, who's pretending to be dead, can team up to take down the Joker and bring him in while he's focused on Dent. And there could be something there, but I don't know why Gordon had to fake his own death for that to happen. And... None of it was actually planned. This The three people did the things independently of each other. So I don't really get it. Yeah, it's like... He, he really does fake his death for absolutely no reason. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. 
Gordon just like wants to participate in this plan, and he's like, "And I'll just <laughs> I'll fake my death so we can catch the Joker." And everyone's like, "What? What will that do to help us catch the Joker?" <laughs> Gordon's like, "Hey guys, I want to come out and play with you all, uh, but the old ball and chain aren't gonna let me." And they're like, "Well, just fake your own death for us, then you can come hang out with us anytime." And he goes, "Okay." <laughs> Uh, Gordon loves his son too much which leads to things in the movie later loves him enough that he fakes his own death and doesn't even tell his wife oh my god um also hey note to anyone out there uh if you're gonna fake your own death unless you're doing it to get away from your wife let your wife know (laughs) yeah just hey heads up I'm gonna fake my own death don't blow my spot. I just want you to know, because I actually care about you. If I faked my death, Sam would know. Yeah, I would probably tell this if I faked my own death. I'd probably let you know. Just like, <laughs> hey, just so you know, the next couple weeks of podcast is going to be a little weird, because I'm going to fake my own death. So, <laughs> good luck working with this. Um, but I'd probably give you a heads up, you know? Yeah, I feel like there's a certain amount of people in your life you should tell if you're planning on faking your own death. Mm-hmm. Not too many, because if you get too many, what was the fucking point? Um, but yeah, there's a, there's got to be, there's probably like two or three people I would let know. Like, hey, by the way, uh, you're going to see something real wacky in the obituary section in a couple days. Uh, you're good. And also, like, how did he plan this? Was he like... Yeah, I'll intentionally jump in front of this bullet and then I'll pretend to die. I think like, spur of the did... moment, he was just like, what if I didn't get up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tackle the mayor out of the way and then what if I just stay here? <laughs> yeah, what's the plan there? Like, if something happens, I will tackle the mayor and pretend to have been shot. He was actually just resting, and everyone else is like, "Oh, and Gordon decided to fake his death. We'll cover for him." Bullock is like, "I get it. I faked my own death once or twice. You're he good." Was, he was pleading to death for real, and everyone was like, "Gordon, good job." <laughs> Gordon did it as a joke, and he was like, oh, man, this really got away from me. Uh, I'm not going to be able to show my face unless I do something really cool to take the heat off the fact that I faked my own death. I guess I got to bring in the Joker. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Um, All right. I got a part of this movie that I, I'm I'm not sure that I understand nowadays. Um, so I'm going to read this part for the audience. Uh, Bruce decides to reveal his secret identity. Before he can, however, Dent announces that he is Batman. Dent is taken into protective custody, but the Joker appears and attacks the convoy. Batman comes to Dent's rescue, and Gordon, who faked his death, apprehends the Joker, securing a, permission, a promotion to commissioner. This part, I don't get for the reasons we just went into. This upcoming part is the part that I'm still confused on what happens. 
Okay. Rachel and Dent are escorted away by detectives on Maroney's payroll. Gordon later realizes they never arrived home. Batman interrogates the Joker, who reveals they've been trapped in separate locations rigged with explosives. Batman races to save Rachel, while Gordon attempts to rescue Dent. Batman arrives at the building, but realizes the Joker sent him to Dent's location instead. Both buildings explode, killing Rachel and disfiguring half of Dent's face. The Joker escapes with Lau, who he later kills along with the Chechen. So, I was always under the impression that in this moment, Batman makes the choice to save Gordon, not Rachel. Not Gordon. Harvey, not Rachel. I think I was under that impression as well. At least the first time I watched it. I didn't think that there was a fake out. Because... I don't think anyone ever says he told us the wrong address or anything like that. Cause I, I know that. So I guess, so I guess what happens in the movie is that Batman leaves the interrogation room and he turns to Gordon and says, I'm going after Rachel, get Gordon. And then, or I'm going after Rachel, get Harvey. And then Batman goes, And I guess gets to Harvey. So I guess he goes the one that he thinks is Rachel, but it turns out to be Harvey instead. Okay, wait, I found the scene. I'm going to I'm going to watch it (laughs) here. I'll link it to you. Let's both watch this scene and 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 see if we can interpret it. (laughs) Okay, Batman says he's going after Rachel. Yes. And the police say say, we're going after Dent, which I took to be like. Batman kind of pulling a fast one on. I always took it as Batman pulling a fast one on uh, Gordon and being like, we need to save Dent. I'm going to tell you I'm going after Rachel. I'm going after Dent because he's the hero we need. Which I guess doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I think that I I think that because the two of them have chemistry, not Rachel and Batman. Yes, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) I think what happens is that the Joker gives them both the like the same set of coordinates, but they don't compare notes. Maybe. Well, I guess I I will also say uh, the the part at one twenty one where uh, Harvey knocks over the oil drum is the least convincing. Whoopsies! I accidentally knocked over an oil drum yeah. that I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Cause, especially because he has to try twice to knock it over. Yeah, he's like, that, that's a dude that is actively knocking over an oil drum. <laughs> he, like, hits it once and it doesn't fall over, so he hits it again. Hits it again, yeah. So Batman arrives at a location. He goes through the doors. I will say, the moment that Rachel realizes that Batman is there to save him, but no one has come for her is, like, a heartbreaking moment. Yeah! Maggie Gyllenhaal really nails this scene. Yeah, she sells it. Where, yeah. And then, like, the explosion happens behind her. Just, like... This scene with her absolutely rips. And then Harvey gets his face burnt off. So, in this scene... Okay, I guess they go to two different places. 
Yeah, I think I think Wikipedia is 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 wrong. Well, it's not wrong. They just like they just neglect to mention that the the cops and Batman swap locations. Yeah, you would think that like the movie would mention it. You would think. Yeah, like, I mean, I I feel like when I watched it this time what I assumed had happened was the Joker tells them, like, the coordinates, but he just lies about who is at what location. And I think that's what that's what Wikipedia, Wikipedia backs you up. I always took the scene... I didn't take it as an accident that Batman saved Dent. Interesting. Mostly because he never, like... He doesn't, like, open the door and say, like, where's Rachel? Or any, like... You'd think that he would, like, kick open the door and be like, if if they'd done anything to indicate, he says, I'm going after Rachel. And then there's no indication of what is happening until he sees Dent is there. And then without a word or a facial expression, he goes and rescues Dent. That's true. And there's you... never a moment where he's like, I thought I was saving Rachel. Or, like, I chose to save Rachel and I got Dent instead. Like, That's... there's never a moment where there's any kind of reckoning with that, which is why I've always been confused about this scene. That is true. Yeah, he, like, doesn't say anything to Harvey Dent. Yeah, he just, like, matter-of-factly is, like, time to go in and rescue you. Um, in, in the scene afterwards where he's reading Rachel's letter, um, Alyssa was like, boy, how embarrassing for her to be like, I know Batman will save me, and then he just doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah uh so then harvey dent becomes two-face uh dent dent gets half of his face blown off and he's like i'm going to become the joker and then the joker's like now hold on (laughs) that's gimmick infringement i need you to become someone else I like there was a moment at the beginning of this movie when I legitimately forgot how what happens to his face and I was like thinking about the comics and I was like oh yeah what is one of the mom guys gonna throw acid at him like that's what happens in this movie right (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking while watching this it's weird that um I know I know when I was younger I thought that this movie does a really good job of showing like a quote quote unquote grown up adult version of the Joker where it's like if you look at uh, Gotham as a darker place to be it's very weird that like that means that the Joker is kind of jigsaw Yeah hey wait a second <laughs> like you're right it's if anything, that's sh- like I-, I was thinking that like if anything, that's what he would do with the Riddler, like because that's what he thinks a dark, edgy version of the Joker is. It's weird that like it's like oh ho, I'm gonna do a little social experiment. We're gonna do this fun thing so- to like prove a point about society. It's a weird because that's not the Joker, you know? Yeah, I mean it's not the Riddler either, but. It's it's not, but I could see Christopher Nolan being like, we're going to go full jigsaw on this one. He's going to ask him a riddle, and if they fail the riddle, then he kills him. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I I I don't know. It kind of hit me halfway through this movie. That it's very weird that the take on the the Joker here is just jigsaw. Yeah, it it really is. <laughs> um, and it's all it's also very just like we're gonna do a normal thing, but I'm just gonna do it backwards. Is like all of the crimes in this? Where he's like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Rachel in this one, Dent is in this one, except I did it backwards, teehee. Um, oh, we set up a scene where there are hostages and clowns, except we did it backwards, teehee. Um, that's the one joke that the Joker knows. <laughs> All of his jokes are just like, he lies to you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then it's like, he lies to you, and then it's like, the prestige, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-da. <laughs> The Prestige. <laughs> Another Christopher Nolan movie I haven't seen. Oh, man. You're not missing a lot. Eh. I'm generally down on Christopher Nolan. I do think that movie's probably better than most of his other ones. I'm just not a big fan of him as a whole. That yeah, makes sense. Um. Yeah, so the Joker... We, Joker's trick. Uh, Batman... Uh, rescues Harvey Dunn instead of Rachel and never comments on that. Um, and then Coleman Reese, an accountant at Wayne Enterprises, deduces that Bruce is Batman and tries to go public with the information. Not wanting Reese's revelation to interfere with his plans, the Joker threatens to destroy a hospital unless someone kills Reese within the hour. Gordon orders the evacuation of all the hospitals in Gotham and goes to secure Reese. The Joker gives Dent a gun and convinces him to seek revenge for Rachel's death, then destroys the hospital and escapes with a busload of hostages. Dent goes on a killing spree, deciding the fates of people he holds responsible for Rachel's death by flipping his lucky coin, one side having become scorched in the explosion. I like the fake coin getting scorched and turned into a a real coin, quote-unquote, in this movie. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's fun that you have a character that used to pretend to be lucky and now he's like, well, fuck it. Nothing matters. Let's get actually lucky. Yeah. And he understands the importance of putting on a seatbelt. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> he And then he blows up a third time. Yeah, and then... <laughs> there's a scene where he walks into a bar and takes a shot of whiskey and it like pours out the side of his face and all i could think is that like in reality what would happen is he would take that shot and then be doubled over on the floor going fuck 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 at how much that had to burn yeah that is just exposed skin and sinew and shit (laughs) it is the more you look at it the worse it gets i think it really does it like the more you look at it the more it goes from like weird uncanny valley cgi to like actually looking distressing (laughs) i do like the scene of him and uh him and gordon in the hospital where he's like hey what's that old nickname you had for me down in uh criminal affairs and he's like that doesn't matter and he's like no i need an alter ego for being a villain what did they call me and he's like they called you harvey two-face and I don't know why. 
like i guess they needed to say hey this character's two-faced you know from the comics but like it's not like we ever saw dent acting two-faced in these movies yeah they they even they like allude to it earlier in the film where where gordon's like yeah they have a name for you down at the station or whatever and it's like i don't know he's I guess it's the cops call him that because he puts the cops in prison and they don't like that. I guess. And then we get to what I think is the dumbest part of the movie. And I will say this part, even on this rewatch, I was like, is this, can this movie be over yet? Like, come on, we don't need this scene. Um, After announcing Gotham will be subject to his rule come nightfall, the Joker rigs two evacuating fairies with explosives, one containing civilians and the other containing prisoners. He says he will blow them both up by midnight, but will let one live if its passengers, who've been supplied the detonator to the other boat's explosives, blows up the other. Again, this is like they tacked an extra episode of Batman into here. Yeah, they were like, we need an extra criminal thing for the joker to do i I, this is better than like the marvel moving ending of the joker shoots a blue beam in the sky that will destroy the city in an hour so batman has to track him down like it's better than that plot but not by a lot and it just doesn't i don't know uh, we've seen we've seen people's response to Corona and how little regard people have for other people's lives if they if it slightly inconveniences them. So I, I don't see these people waiting 40 minutes before deciding, you know what, let's not do it. I just don't see that being a real thing that happens in reality. Maybe I'm a pessimist. No, I think you're right. It. It just feels like, and then the people didn't do it because they wanted to prove that the Joker was wrong. Yeah. Like, as screenwriters, we wanted to prove this instead of any, like, real understanding of people or, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, the point, the, the kind of the point is that, like, the Joker thinks that they're gonna, like, fail his prisoner's dilemma problem or whatever, and... And then they don't, and he's like, oh no, people are good? How could I have foreseen this one, Batman? Yeah, and he's like, well, alright, I guess that failed, but at least I can kill you, Batman. But then he's like, I don't want to kill you, Batman. Well, we'll get there. Um, Yeah, I, I just think that this whole thing is, like, just adds an extra 15 minutes to this movie that don't need to be there. I feel like there's already enough drama of the Batman has hostages or the the Joker has hostages. We need to track him down, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't really know what the social dilemma of the boats really adds to it, especially when it's like so over the top of like, here's a group of criminals and here's a group of just regular people. I wonder if they can set their differences aside to not all die. I, I I don't know. It just feels very hackneyed and very like, yeah, the the Joker, he's like Jigsaw. 
He's just like Jigsaw. <laughs> yep. He blows people up, I guess. Most <laughs> of his plans in this movie involve blowing people up. Yeah, it's just we do something kind of tricky and that trick is I blow up a lot of oil drums. Shit, if you want to catch the Joker, just track down who's spending money at the local sitgo. <laughs> who's buying this much gasoline? Yeah, he really put just like an inappropriate amount of gasoline in both of those warehouses. Yeah. He was like, how much gasoline does it take to start a fire? You know, you know how much gasoline you needed for either of those crimes? One barrel. One barrel, and then you yeah. strap a chair to that one barrel. Easy peasy done. And then you have Aaron Eckhart try to escape, but he knocks over his barrel, and that's why he gets his face burned in the end. Yep. Anyways. So then we get to this absolutely buck wild shit where Batman finds the Joker by using a sonar device that spies on the entire city with the reluctant help of Lucius Fox. So Batman has built a sonar device that hacks into every person in Gotham's cell phone in order to use electrostatic pings to map out the entire city. That felt weirdly prescient for a movie made in 2008. It does, but I don't think that here here's the thing. I don't think that Nolan meant it to. I don't think that he was thinking there are these phones that are constantly being used to surveil us. What if Batman tacked into them? Oh no, absolutely absolutely not. <laughs> I think that what happened is they needed to give Earlier in the movie, they talk about... Okay, earlier in the movie, I want to get to this. They talk about um, how the Roman Senate, when shit got tough, elected one person ruler so that they could like make the decisions because it was easier than ruling as a group. Which is how fascism starts. So it's super cool that you're lionizing this in your movie. And repeatedly showing that, like, one person should make the decision because the group fails. Which is what the fairy scene shows when the biggest prisoner, who should simply eat the other prisoners, um, when he throws the thing out the window, and when the other guy gets up to try and pull the thing, but can't do it on the, like, civilian side, and then sits down sadly. I feel like they're saying, here's one person making the decision, even though people take a vote or whatever. Um... But then they're like, here's Batman. He gets to make that decision, but he's a good guy, so he'll give up that power in the end. That doesn't work when you're the guy building the device that makes it happen and gives you that power. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. so bad. And it doesn't make any sense either of like, why this would work. Or why it's made by putting a bunch of, like, cell phone screens together in a basement at Wayne Tower? Yeah. Wayne Tech? Wayne Corp? What is what is Batman's... What is Bruce Wayne's company called? Ah, uh, that's a good question. Wayne Enterprises? I think it's Wayne Enterprises. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, uh, Batman has a giant sonar map of the entire city by hacking into all of the cell phones, but it'll be okay because he destroys the device in the end. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's I. It's it's one it, of those things where it's like, why did you build this if you weren't going to use it? It's very much Christopher Nolan being like, wow, cool robot, and like ignoring all of the implications of this thing that he wanted to put in his movie. I think. <laughs> I. <laughs> well, I mean, he he gets the implications because he destroys it at the end, but it's he's like, I get the implications, but not enough to not put it yeah. in the movie. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's it's too cool. I I'm gonna acknowledge that it's bad, but like, it's also really cool, right, guys? Yeah, but it's a good thing that Batman used it because it let him track down the Joker, right? Yeah. This is the world's greatest detective. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, both the civilians and prisoners refuse to kill each other, while Batman apprehends the Joker after a brief fight. Before the police arrive to take the Joker into custody, he gloats that Gotham citizens will lose hope once Dent's rampage becomes public knowledge. So, I love the I love this scene from like a technical angle of where where Batman throws the Joker off the roof and he's laughing because he's like, "Hey, I got Batman to kill me. That matters to me." Uh, but then Batman saves him and he's like, "Ah, shit." And he's just hanging by his foot. But then he gives a monologue and they have the camera flip upside down so that he looks like he's right side up speaking, even though he's hanging upside down. I like that a whole lot. Yeah, I like that, too. Um, I think that what he says is incomprehensible gibberish, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, It's him very much being like. Yeah, I've read the the Killing Joke. I I know how Batman is a mirror to the Joker. Like we've all been here. We get this by now. Um, I'm gonna do that here, even though nothing, none of the actions of the movie in any way reflect the ways that that scene works at the end of that comic. Yeah. Um. And then he's like, "But you can go get Harvey Dent." And Batman's like, "Oh fuck, Harvey Dent's still out there." Um, <laughs> this movie would be so much better if at the end of every scene Batman just went oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh shit I forgot about Armageddon I forgot about that part fuck um, so he flies off to where uh, Rachel dies um Dent shoots Batman, spares himself, and threatens to kill Gordon's son, claiming that Gordon's negligence is responsible for Rachel's death. But before he can flip the coin for the boy, Batman, who was wearing body armor, tackles Dent off the building to his death. Um, Batman persuades Gordon to hold him responsible for the killing spree and preserve Dent's heroic image. And then as the police launch a massive manhunt for Batman, Gordon destroys the bat signal. Watch Fox watches the sonar device self-destruct and Alfred Pennyworth burns a letter from Rachel saying she planned to marry Dent. And they never explain what happens to the Joker. And they never explain what happens to the Joker. 
So I have kind of a theory about that. Well, I don't know for sure. Um, okay, tell me, tell me your theory, because I I feel like it it may align with my thoughts on what they should have done with the ending of this movie. <laughs> well, so my my theory is less about in this movie, but it's about what they would have done with the next movie. Um, I feel like so in uh in Batman Begins, the main villain is uh Scarecrow, and then in yes. this movie, Scarecrow shows up for a small scene doing a drug deal thing. Um, he also that Batman shows up- takes down. Scarecrow also shows up in The Dark Knight Rises. I think that Joker was supposed to have shown up in The Dark Knight Rises mm. instead of Scarecrow in that scene. Interesting. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think it's there. I, I, the way that I read that scene is a way of showing the whole like Arkham Asylum never keeps anyone for too long. Um, but by having the person that was a villain in the previous movie is still around doing minor stuff, having escaped from Arkham. Um, because in that movie, he's like being a judge at something after the world's gone to shit and martial law has been declared in Gotham, right? Mm. It's been a while since I've seen that movie, but like, that's the scene is that he's got his own yeah, quote yeah, unquote yeah, yeah. courtroom. Yeah. I think that was supposed to be the Joker. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And after Heath Ledger passed, they just kind of left the script as it was and just had Scarecrow show up again. Caveat to that is that Christopher Nolan just really likes um, the guy that plays Scarecrow. So maybe I'm wrong and it was always (laughs) supposed to just be we like him. So we'll have him show up in all of the movies. But that's how that's something that I've thought ever since I was a kid. I don't know if it's true or not. That makes a lot of sense because, yeah, what I was going to say is that I I mean, in in obviously a world where Heath Ledger did die, I I feel like they should have brought the Joker back as like as some kind of villain in the in the third movie. Yeah, the, like he would fit. Yeah, because they they also like don't show you any like you don't really get closure on what happens to the Joker at the end of this movie. I think it's one of those things where Christopher Nolan's just like, I've had my scene with the Joker. We don't need to show him like getting carried away by the cops. This movie's already two and a half hours long. Um, God, could you imagine making more superhero movies this length? Ugh, what a nightmare. Um, <laughs> let's just go to the next thing. No one needs to see him getting arrested. We're fine. Yeah. And like, I feel like they they should have used this. I mean, in in, in a world where I could have written these movies what i would have done was uh use this movie to kind of build up batman and the joker's relationship and then at the end be like yes they're they're nemeses now and then bring the joker back for the next movie and be like well now there's actual stakes because like the joker did all of this bad shit before now he's escaped again and and batman knows what the stakes are this time yes yeah i think that 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 would check out. I I think that checks out. I like. I, I was about to say I like how this movie kind of wraps up with a bow. It doesn't really, but um, it ends well enough that like you can understand. Even in a world where Heath Ledger is still around for uh, the th- when the third movie comes out, you can understand why he wouldn't be the main villain. But like, I think that that could also work really well and be very cool. Yeah. I'm looking right now. Um, oh, well, that's not that's not real trivia. 
Um, I'm looking for trivia. I will say it does say in here, uh, trivia for The Dark Knight Rises. About a year before this movie's release, writer, producer, and director Christopher Nolan mentioned he was considering using a mixture of CGI and deleted scenes from The Dark Knight to have the Joker appear briefly. He ultimately decided it was disrespectful to Heath Ledger. So, uh, I well, if it was going to bring it back as, like, with previous footage, well, they would have changed it probably, but maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that actually matters. <laughs> I um I do think one thing about this movie is that unfortunately this was this movie this movie won awards, right? Um did it? I know it was nominated for best picture. And uh I know oh, that's so Heath right, Ledger right. posthumously won uh best, best actor. supporting actor. Yeah, best supporting actor and it won yes. uh, best sound editing. I think that The Dark Knight, unfortunately, was the start of the, like, grim, dark superhero movie trend, but everything that came after it was worse because they didn't understand what people liked about The Dark Knight. (laughs) I completely agree. Um, It feels like, I know in the 90s we had... um, what was it? Uh, it was Watchmen and the Watchmen what's the really wasn't... dark Batman comic? Oh, I thought you were talking about the movies. I was like, the Watchmen movie did not come out of the nineties. No, um, sorry. I mean, in comics itself, we had Watch yeah, like yeah, the yeah, one-two yeah. punch of bat of uh, like um, of Watchmen and the Long Halloween. Is that what you're talking about? No, the is it the Dark Knight Returns? Is it the Frank Miller Batman? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Where yeah, we yeah. had those two like dark, gritty, rebooted style things in in comic books that were very popular that led to like the '90s being a desolate, dark wasteland, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to like releases of that time. Um, like the best character to come out of the '90s is like Cable and Deadshot, and everyone else is just like edgy, edgier versions of those, you know. Yeah, and um, like I, I feel, I feel like I feel ahead. like the reason that the the like Christopher Nolan Batman movies like work, quote unquote, is that because they're Batman movies, and like Batman is a noir character. Like Christopher Nolan was like, I will take Batman and I will write like a a neo noir movie about Batman, and it worked because like Batman is a noir character but then people were like oh we'll take this like color palette and tone and movie structure and apply it to like superman and it doesn't work (laughs) yeah you get you get man of steel where you walk out going did they just make an i'm like did they just make an objectivist superman movie do they not get superman like Superman is not a noir character. He's not, not a grim. All. He's not like you can't make a good grim dark Superman movie. Did Pa Kent tell him that he was truly the best person and that he should lord that power? Am I remembering that right? I've never Hold seen on. Man Did of I just Steel? see that movie? Uh, <laughs> did Superman fight a tornado? Was that the <laughs> villain in this movie? Um, 
It's bad. Uh, I I agree with you. Um, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that it's not a trend that Marvel really tried to take. I think that they. I think that they kind of tried to. If you look at Iron Man, it's like yes. uh, it it kind of wants to be that. But the problem is that you have problem is in big air quotes uh, because like the problem with that approach is that you cast um, Robert Downey Jr. in the lead role and he has good chemistry with his co like with the co stars of it to the point that everyone is like everyone comes off of that movie seeming like they're having a good time with it. And it ultimately lends to like the Marvel movies trending into a more jovial tone to all of them. Even in like when you get to Infinity War, like you're still getting dark shit, but people are making quips throughout it. People are like actually friends as they're going through these movies. And that really works to hold a heart to the comic books together. Meanwhile, you have DC's approach, which is very like everyone's dark everyone's grim um wouldn't it fucking suck if superheroes were around is kind of the tone it feels like they're taking into it yeah it's like weird because dc was like oh the batman movies made us like a ton of money so obviously this is what everyone wants to see every dc hero doing yeah and then you get like yeah i will say that i think they're coming out of that a lot because i think yeah. Birds of Prey wasn't like that, and Shazam wasn't like that at all, and I really liked both of those movies. <laughs> I never saw Shazam, but I probably should. Oh, Shazam is really good. I actually, like, incredibly enjoyed it. I'm still bitter that they call the character Shazam now. I know. I mean, yeah, it sucks. I do think it's one of, like, the best movies DC has made in, like, a decade, though. <laughs> you should watch it. <laughs> genuinely very very good it can't be better than wonder woman 1984 can it so my thing about shazam is that it's genuinely very good and it subverts a lot of what people i think have led to be kind of expecting out of superhero origin movies from like the marvel formula movies like the pacing of the movie is so different from what like a marvel superhero origin movie is that it felt like insane to me when i was watching it i was like what is (laughs) happening it's like a pretty much a straight comedy right yeah it's really good i enjoyed it okay i want to check that out i i haven't but i should yeah yeah i i i think you know the dark knight is it's better than i've given it credit it is not the number four movie of all time. Yes, <laughs> correct. Um, <laughs> I I don't think this is a hot take, but here we are looking at you, IMDb. Um, yeah, I I think that the movie is fine. Um, it's entertaining, uh, but there's a lot of stuff that I was kind of like, I don't know. In hindsight, in the light of day, now that I'm looking back on it as like a predecessor of current superhero movies, instead of like the one superhero movie that takes them seriously, unlike Fantastic Four, um, there's a lot that I I walk out desiring. Um, but it definitely paved the way for what's here, so it's hard to like fault it for a lot of stuff that it hadn't figured out, you know? 
Yeah. Oh, the thing that I, I sorry, I'm I'm rereading the stuff about Shazam to refresh myself about why I liked it. One of the things I really actually liked about it is that uh, the villain just like has nothing to do with the main characters. Like his beef isn't with them at all. So like every time he shows up, Shazam is like, "Who is this guy? Why does he want to kill me? What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> really funny and like something that superhero movies don't do very much i i will be forever bitter that uh dc comics was going they're casting shazam and they put in fucking chuck he's like really good at it though i i i'm i'm i wanted them my dream casting for captain marvel uh the dc version has always been john cena um that's very good just because he's the like ideal of what a kid thinks a superhero is you know what i mean like that's his character that's his wrestler sona um he's just to be that like i just feel like he'd be a good shazam and then the rock is black adam and you got a stew going oh i'm really excited for the black adam movie i do like zachary levi a lot of shazam though it's like it's really good because it feels like he he engages with like the the goofiness of the concept of like being a small child pretending to be an adult where it's like uh-huh. he you could tell that like he and the writers really get it and they're not just like making snarky quips about like what a weird premise it is it's like no yeah this is very funny and it is the concept that the whole movie is based on like they're not rolling their eyes at it they're like yes this is very funny and we're gonna play in the space (laughs) i'm very excited for the new batman movies though i will say i'm hesitant because it looks like it's leaning My, my problem is it's leaning more into this dark angle that i just really don't want superhero movies built in you know i i i it's just not something i'm interested in um even even these movies on the rewatch i'm still a little bit like this is just you took the joker and now he's jigsaw um and i feel like a lot of that gets hidden by again how phenomenal heath ledger's performance in this hot take heath ledger's really good in this movie um but i feel like his performance hides a lot of the problems with the character in this movie um Mm. and i mean you know sometimes uh, I, i actors all the time elevate bad things that we on the page are bad and then you get them into a performance hands and they're elevated um that happens often and i feel like this one i i feel like with his untimely death it led to a lot of overemphasizing how good this joker was in a way that is just about the thing that's good isn't the joker in this movie as much as it is heath ledger in this movie as the joker that, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and yeah, the rest of it is fine. What do you yeah. What do you think overall on the re on the rewatch? Uh, on the, yeah, on the rewatch, I think it's a fine movie. 
It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 good if you want to watch a, a superhero movie like in the background when you're doing some other activity just put on the dark night yeah it'll cover it'll it, you'll be covered for two and a half hours yeah a lot it, of which should have been cut <laughs> yeah i mean maybe not like the most visually entertaining batman movie but the acting is good yeah, I was surprised at how um, boring the choreography of a lot of the scenes were in this movie. There's just not a lot that's visually interesting happening on screen. Yeah, I mean, there are certainly much more visually interesting Batman movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that about sums up my, fa- my thoughts. I'm looking through to see if there's anything interesting in trivia to... I mean, if you uh, if you want a Batman movie that like you're gonna want to like look at with your eyes, like I don't know, this one is fine. Watch like the Tim Burton Batman movies, honestly. If you yeah. want a Batman movie that's just like a feast for the senses, <laughs> if you want <laughs> if you want one that's a feast for the senses in a bad way, go watch Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got a a trivia fact from. From uh, IMDb for you. Uh-huh. The infamous growl performed by Christian Bale was much rougher in this movie than Batman Begins and has been parodied countless times due to its extreme nature. However, the common misconception is that Christian Bale was fully responsible for this voice. The real voice during filming was more toned down and then heightened to a rougher, grittier vibe during post-production under the decision of writer, producer, and director Christopher Nolan. Oh my god, it was Christopher Nolan! It was Christopher Nolan all along, (gasps) and it was post-production. Jesus Christ. Uh, Imagine being Christian Bale in that situation. Imagine being the the editor in that movie, like the sound designer, who's like, you want me to do what? (laughs) Faster and less legible. Okay, boss, I think I can do that. (laughs) Like, okay, we were right. Um in okay, never mind. If you want to watch a Batman movie, go watch the Lego Batman movie. I forgot that it Shit. existed, but it's the best that's... Batman movie that exists. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. That's the best one. <laughs> that is one hundred percent what you should be watching if you want to watch a Batman movie. There's no other <laughs> Batman movie that exists, actually. Nope. <laughs> Except for Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> i had um i had a novel i had like a children's novelization of batman and robin when i was a kid and i was obsessed with it <laughs> it's not a good movie but it's fun to watch <laughs> poison ivy is in it hmm. have you checked out the uh the harley quinn show on hbo uh, I have watched or HBO a couple Max episodes. or DC Universe, whatever it is. I've watched a couple episodes. I kind of bounced off of it because it is kind of trying to be Venture Brothers, but it's like not as funny. <laughs> I get that. That was just like what I got out of it. I was like, oh, I just kind of wish I was watching Venture Brothers right now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of other media, you should watch after this. There's no good trivia facts, is what I'm. I'm learning. Uh, uh-huh. There's this is the one Batman movie where Batman does not use a batarang. Hmm. 
He just shoots knives out of his arm instead. Um, oh, he really does. You know what I'm excited for? I am actually genuinely excited for the Snyder Cut of Justice League because I think <laughs> it's going to be bonkers. <laughs> I can't wait for Batman to say fuck. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for what it for whatever it comes out. I just like I might not even watch it. I just wanna know. <laughs> I just wanna see the reactions to it. <laughs> they wasted seventy million dollars making it. It's not God. gonna be good. It's gonna be terrible. It's gonna be terrible and I can't wait for it, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> god the snyder cut of the justice league is gonna be my tommy wizzo's the room and that it's like the bad (laughs) thing that i go back to watch every year oh god (laughs) Uh, all right i uh my shout out if you want to watch uh an actor from this movie being really good in another role uh check out thank you for smoking uh thank you for smoking is good yeah it's a really good dark comedy where aaron eckhart plays a lobbyist for the tobacco industry uh it's fantastic and aaron eckhart is at his like smarmiest best during it and apparently his performance in that is what made uh nolan think we should get him as uh harvey dent that makes a lot of sense to me yep uh my if you want to watch something bonkers that has one of the actors from this movie uh go watch red eye with killian murphy in it which is one of my favorite thrillers oh it's one of my favorite thrillers andrew you gotta watch it it's not like (laughs) it's not like a good movie but you will be riveted (laughs) okay Okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> huh. All right, well, um, those recommendations, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, you know, we didn't record an actual episode today, but we still got an actual episode length episode out. So, <laughs> Yeah, we have a lot of uh, opinions about Batman. <laughs> Turns Who out knew? a lot of opinions on The Dark Knight. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah i think that's gonna do it for us so until next time that's meteorgnalysis baby And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Did you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. Okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy shit. Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely didn't know at all the people that was crazy holy fuck mike mitchell why well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies justin mcelroy grab your tongue grab your tongue and i want you to say Our born tongue. on a pirate ship
Bum, I'm a pile of shit. You were born on a pile of shit? And many more. So check it out. Also, if you don't like Bareneked Ladies, we talk about them probably like a third of the time. So. Uh, yes. That's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We could make a board game about it.